You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Tuesday, February 16th, and you know that that means Tony Serino is back on the show. We're going to talk all things. We're going to catch up with him about Watt and Marquis Pouncey and some interesting theories Tony has. But then we're also going to talk about the Steelers' salary cap situation with different projections that are out there and what should the direction be for the team moving forward Tony's got some interesting ideas. Get ready to listen to them all right here on the show. As always, you can subscribe to the Locked On Steelers podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio.com, and anywhere podcasts are hosted. Also, if you want to support the show, leave us a five-star view with a positive comment. Doing so really helps us out. Let's get into it. As you all know, on Tuesdays, we get our man, Tony Serino, for Tony Tuesday! Because he's here, breaking it down with us. Now, Tony... I went through all the reactions and stuff with Brooke Pryor from ESPN on Monday's show. If you didn't listen to that, go back and listen to it, guys. It's a great episode. But I wanted to give you a chance just to react to both the news of Marquise Pouncey retiring and J.J. Watts being released by the Texans. Because, I mean, you and I both kind of talked about this, like they needed to move on from Pouncey. Yeah, yeah. But there is a bittersweet sense that it's like, man, like that guy was so good for so long. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and thinking back on his career now, you know, one thing that, that, that got to me was like, man, this guy, you know, for as good as he played and, you know, we think about these guys who have played as long as he's played. Oh, they've, they've been to a Super Bowl, right? They, they've played and you know, they, they won, you know, a lot of those guys won a Super Bowl. No, he didn't. He was hurt that year. Like it was his rookie year. He was hurt that playoff run. So he didn't get to play. I mean, this guy never got to play in a Super Bowl and as good as he was for as many years as he played that to me is like the, the pity of it is, you know, you, you think back to like the bettest thing, like we're going to do this one for you. We're going to get you one more ride. And like thinking about, you know, Ben and Pouncey on the sideline, you know, Ben with tears in his eyes as he, as Pouncey's telling him like, this is probably it. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that to me is the saddest part of it is like Pouncey's played, you know, he, he's played, you know, great football for, for 10 years now. And I know he, he obviously has taken a step back in, in recent years, but the fact that he never was able to get to that pinnacle playing on this team, you know, surrounded by as much talent as he was and playing as well as he did. That to me is the saddest part of that. Uh, but like you said, I mean, look, this, you know, this probably had to happen. If he, if he did want to come back, he was probably going to get asked to take a pay cut or, or some such uh, just like, just like Ben is because of the salary cap implications. This does end up helping the Steelers in that way. And that they'll save the, whatever it is, eight or $9 million against the cap. So yeah, I mean, Pouncey going, it's, it's bittersweet, but um, I, I guess in some ways it does help the Steelers from a salary cap perspective. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing again, Pouncey. Yeah. He's just 31, but he took a lot of beatings over the years. Yeah. He was injured several times, missed multiple, uh, you know, mul- multiple huge chunks of games. Um, and, and he's such a physical player. It's like all that eventually wears on you. And that makes sense for why he needed to retire. Um, yeah. I think I was just going to say, you know, he, you, uh, when he's, he's retiring now, not because, not because he fall out of a, a love with football, right. It's because his body right. can't do it anymore. Right? Yeah. I think that, I think that's it. And, his body could have done it if they kept if they were going to keep paying him the same amount. I think they were like, "Listen, if you come back, this is the offer we're giving you." And he yeah, was like, yeah. "I'm. It ain't worth icing up and beating myself up yeah. for 
you know, for a whole other year for that amount of money. I think that's what this was about. And, and the Steelers, they had to rip the bandaid off. They were like, you know what? We got to go get a new center this year. Um, and, uh, you know, Tony, I wanted to give a, get a sense from you. Cause sometimes you, uh, you have some interesting ideas here. Yeah. Um, who, who are some centers out there? Cause I talked about with Jenna Harner on Friday that Corey mm-hmm. Lindsley would be, uh, the, is the, is the only real, uh, free agent out there that you could, probably sign and then start right now but he would be kind of expensive at least around the 10 million dollar a year range oh yeah yeah Linsley's gonna be super expensive there's a kid from the rams uh blythe who played really well for them but even i was reading rams articles earlier and they were like oh yeah we're gonna have to pay him like seven eight you know ten million dollars a year that's that's gonna be outside the steelers range um you know i think david andrews from from the patriots might be an interesting option there he's played well for them for a little while but he's likely gonna make you know in that same range right we're talking about seven to ten million dollars plus for, for top centers in the NFL right now. So the, the one guy, the one like realistic option I could see, and I know a lot of Steelers fans aren't going to like this, but Matt Skura from Baltimore has been a multi-year starter there. He's probably a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker, which is probably what the Steelers are looking for right now when they want to get this running game off the ground. Not a great snapper. He did have, uh, he did have some bad snaps this year. He got benched this year. He had a very bad year, and I think that's why the Steelers can get him as cheap. He was making about $2 million a year for Baltimore. You probably want to sign him somewhere around there maybe on a one-year prove-it deal type deal. I think that, you know, to me, like, you know, he could work, you know, just as a one-year type guy, but then you, you know, you have thoughts of like Sean Mahan in those, those days. Um, here's the thing, Chris. So the other guy Steeler fans want to bring back is JJ Watt. Now we wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a Steeler off season if we didn't have the fan base getting irrational about signing a free agent <laughs> that the Steelers is probably way out of their price range. And the thing with JJ Watt, Chris is like, does he even does does he even fit on this defense? Like, where would he? Where was where would JJ Watt right now, given his athleticism and and you know the, all the injuries that he's taken, like the wear and tear that he's been, right? Where does he realistically fit? Is he is he the Bud Dupree replacement on that defense? He's the rotational edge, and I say rotational because I would play him at edge, but then mm-hmm. bump him inside when I need to bump him inside, and then throw in Alex Highsmith when you do that because here's my thought and again i am not saying that the steelers should go out and, and and get jj watt unless they unless he comes for a super ridiculously cheap deal um like i'm saying like four million dollars a year that's my cap um, yeah yeah right um, he's got to take a very team-friendly deal right like it has to be ridiculously stupid but um like i don't think like people are saying like oh well he would replace cam or two well not necessarily because jj can play edge and on certain downs you can move cam or to it on the edge as well mm-hmm. um okay. and, and so that's where i'm thinking is that on four-man fronts you could have the watts outside to it and hayward inside and then when you needed a breather high smith's your first guy off the bench for either edge rusher and then maybe you bring back tyson alulu and then what you know, J.J. Uh, Watt and, and Lulu could be your guys that bump inside to reprieve your first guys. And then you have an interesting rotation there. I mean, the Bucks did that in the Super Bowl with Vita Vey and Adamican Sue and, and and like their defensive line. Yeah, so yeah. I could definitely see the Steelers saying, like, you know what? Let's uh let let's let's move guys around. Let's not just be this. Let, let's not just have the same front four every look. And you know, and then on three on three four looks, and obviously you bump him into defensive end uh with with Cam into it and let them let them rock. But yeah. but again, that's presuming a lot that they, this wouldn't just be a flop. Where do you do do you see that actually being something that's workable? No, absolutely not. The defense. The part of this <laughs> is that JJ Watt coming on the defense makes no sense, right? Because again, you're talking about a guy who we can sit here and we oh you know four or five million dollars. 
is is where we'd like to sign him. But realistically, the guy is going to probably make you know closer to to seven, eight, maybe even ten million. Uh, I'd say the market. double digits. Yeah, exactly. So like you know, if you're going to pay a guy that much, well, you got he's got to come in and he's got to start right away. So my question for you, Steeler fans, is if you want to sign JJ Watt, and I get it, you want to have TJ, you want to have JJ, and you want to have Derek all on the same team, the Watt brothers together. I get it. I want it too. It would be hilarious. But here's the thing. Can he play center? Can he play left tackle? Because that's a position, Chris, where right away he could come in and he could start. He's an athletic guy, but the questions for him is, is he as athletic as he was when he first entered the league? Does it need to be as athletic as that to play to play left tackle or to play center, right? I mean, he's a, you know, again, he's a very physical guy. You know, you got to teach him a couple of things. It's going to mean new offensive line coach, Adrian Clem. He's going to have his work cut out for him, but that's a position fans, where JJ Watt could come in and start right away. Otherwise, no, 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 no. What about tight end? All right, now see, now you're now I'm in. Now, now you know, <laughs> the problem is he's got a lot of competition there, Chris. Zach Banner's coming back. All right, Zach Banner's coming back, and he's got a lot of competition. Hey, but, but I mean, JJ's caught some touchdowns. He has Zach caught some caught touchdowns. touchdowns. That's right. Zach Banner, not yet, not yet, but it's coming. Zach Banner, listen, he spent an entire offseason working on his knee and those nine routes. Don't worry about it. Knee. <laughs> nine routes oh my gosh you sir are ridiculous and silly but uh we're gonna take a quick break we come back we're gonna have a long conversation about the salary cap situation with the Steelers because we're still unsure what it's gonna be like but we'll help you get a better sense of what it's gonna be like after we talk to our friends at betonline.ag betonline.ag the only place that we trust here in the Lockdown Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to betonline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters and all one word, and that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Right now, sure, the NFL's done, but you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Here on Locked On Steelers Podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Tony Serino for Tony Tuesdays. So, Tony, we got to talk about the salary cap situation because it's still up in the air. And there's different models out there for what the salary cap will look like. And I say models because I know that people are going to be like, What's up? what the heck do you mean models? Like, that might confuse you if you're the listener right now. When I say model, it's just different projections for what people think will be the salary cap total for NFL teams in 2021. Now, I've I've, I've always gone by overthecap.com because I like their the way they present things mm-hmm. and their numbers. Now, they lowball it. They're saying they're projecting next year's cap base salary cap at 180.5 million dollars. So 180 million dollars and 500 million and 500,000 dollars total. Spot rack um, which is another great place to keep track of, of numbers and such. Um, they have the total of around $185 million. So yeah. uh, a, a four, a $4.5 million difference. 
Uh, also, spot rack is a lot quicker to things. They they respond to things faster than than overthecap.com. Like uh, they already have taken off the books Marquis Pouncey's contract, whereas over the cap hasn't yet. Um, and if you look at the if you look at the Steelers situation right now, um, according to over the cap, over the cap has them at over thirty point six million dollars over the cap um, right now, and that's without Pouncey's $8 million coming off the books. Right. Um, Spot rack has already considered that. And again, with the more money that they project to be part of this and this upcoming year's salary cap, they have the Steelers currently at $14.2 million over the salary cap. That is completely manageable. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, I think that the, like you, like you hit on to, to open that the, the big thing for the Steelers here is how much is the cap going to be? Because that's just free cap, right? We talk about, you know, oh, well, they can create cap this way or that way. But that's by, like, eliminating players or kicking the can down the road. The way for the Steelers to create cap space off the top is that the NFL and the NFLPA comes to the idea, comes to an agreement on a cap, more of a cap smoothing than just kind of dropping it off. Um, and that would mean that the cap this year would be closer to 190. I've been hopeful. I, you know, it's been said before that they were ho- they were hoping to even get it closer to 200 midseason. Now it seems like that's unrealistic and that they're maybe they can get it to one one day, like you said, 185. Uh, I think Schefter tweeted like a week ago that 180, 181 is uh is where most people think it's gonna be. And that's why I think why over the cap has it that way. Boy, 185 would be great though. I mean, again, you know, you talk about just an extra five million dollars if they and with Pouncey having retired at like you said, 16 million dollars. That's you know, that's a great start because there are just a bunch of free ways that the Steelers are gonna without cutting players, going to create cap space, right? We we know that they're working with Ben Roethlisberger right now on a cap restructure. Right, yes. and they're ba- and basically not even a restructure. It's basically just going to be a a, uh, a pay cut for for Ben Roethlisberger. Right. He's got a base salary of four million dollars. He's got a roster bonus of fifteen. You'd like to see both of those numbers come down, uh, and then they can they can probably do some restructuring as they do every year with Tuit and Hayward to free up a bunch of money in that way. And then you know that gets them closer to zero. Right, but zero is not where they want to be, right? Because you know they have to sign free agents. They still have some of their own restricted free agents that I'm sure they're going to want to bring back Ola, Spillane, guys like that. And then you know you got to you got to make room for your for your draft and the, the free agency. So they got a ton of work to do. But like you said, one eighty five is a better number than one eighty for the Steelers by a long shot. And, and again, um, you know, if, if you're still if you're talking about twenty two million dollars over the cap, you get let you go back and you look at some of the deals that the Steelers have. Ben Roethlisberger had with his forty one point two million million dollar cap hit right now. If you could take anywhere from 12 to 17 million dollars off of that and 19 yeah. million dollars in, in cap they would get 19 million dollars back if he retired or they cut him right now um if you could get you know anywhere for any in that range 12 to 17 million dollars you you've basically cleared your if you if you're using the spot rack model where, they, where you're saying there there's only over 14.2 million dollars you've cleared out your debts and now you get to use the other extensions to just build you more space but right. if you're if you're using the uh, the over the cap model where they're saying, Hey, even with Pouncey being gone, there's still like $22 million over you're, you're close. You just probably, it probably, it would probably take one of those restructures to get them even. And then other restructures would be out there. Yeah. But I, you know, I wanted to look at Tony, who are the players that most likely would be the most effective to restructure at this point? Well, I think I think right now I think yeah the, the two guys on the D line are the are the biggest two because those are guys who have longer contracts right. To it is under contract through twenty twenty two. Hayward is under contract through I believe twenty twenty four. 
Uh, so those are easy where you can move money into future years, right? So you basically what you do is you take their their base salary uh, and potentially a roster bonus and just push it into the into a prorated bonus that gets prorated throughout the remainder of those years. So I think you can create. Well, I think you can create something like eight million dollars. Let me do it real quick here on on uh, on over the cap. Yeah, so I'm from thirty to nineteen. So you can create like eleven million dollars in cap space just just from Tuit and Hayward if you pushed all of their um, all their money into the prorated bonus. The other guys to look for as far as restructuring it wouldn't be a traditional restructure; it'd be more of a of a, an extension. But I think you look at Stephen Nelson as a, as a prime candidate for that in the last year of his deal. Here's a guy who just needs an extension anyway. I don't think the Steelers want to let him go into 2022. He's making 14 million dollars on the uh, on the cap this year, but eight of that is uh, in in a base salary that they can again move to to future years. So I think those are the three off the top of my head, like Tuit, Hayward, and Nelson are the three to me that make the most sense. I mean, I, I, yeah, Tuit, Hayward, Nelson. I, I think you could also look at Joe Hayden. Uh, you know, some people may think that Hayden's coming to an end in his career. I think he he still has at least two to three more years in him. Um, really? Because you know, yeah, remember that was the talk when they signed him last offseason. Like, oh boy, was that an, was that a, was that not a good deal? Because you know, how long how much longer does he have? Right now, but here's the thing: is that if you do that. Um, like to me, like I, I don't think Joe Hayden's really lost much. He's never been a speed guy. He's never been a guy that relies on supreme athleticism. He's been a guy who's extremely good at, at technique. He's yep. very knowledgeable. He keeps himself in a good position, and that's where he comes in. And he's opportunistic. He, he does get his hands on the football. I mean, he had fourteen what fourteen pass breakups last year. Um, yeah, he's moving up the rankings as far as all time in that department. So. Uh, you need and you need guys like that. If he can do that for another year, I'd say, hey, Joe, we'll keep you around for one more year after this. Um, just help us out with this salary cap, and we can pay you another twelve million dollars in twenty twenty two. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and look, I, I don't think you know we've talked about the Justin Lane situation in the past. I don't think the Steelers are ready for him to be the starting outside corner at any point. No. Um, so you know, you, you know, the idea of. Uh, losing Hayden, especially this year. I mean, I know that he he makes a lot of sense to cut just if you need to make room, right? You look at the over the cap numbers and yeah, I mean, you know, his $15 million cap number. And if you, if you cut him, you save what seven of that, I believe. So yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to get rid of him from a cap perspective, but boy, from a personnel perspective, like you said, he's not a guy you want to get rid of, especially right away. Um, I did look uh, by the way, I did want to point out, Chris, as we're, as we're looking at these over the cap numbers, mm-hmm. they also don't have Vance McDonald's retirement in here yet either. Oh wow, yeah. So then that's even that's even more. So then we throw that in there. Yeah. So I threw the I threw in the Pouncy and and Vance retirements, and then I also restructured the max I could on Tuit and Hayward's deals. And right now, on over the cap, the Steelers um, by my count are seven point six million dollars over the cap still. But this is without Ben doing anything to his contract. I mean, that would be and and, and again, the, you'd get the majority of what you're trying to get this year from doing that with Ben's contract. So right. again, I think the point that Tony and I are trying to hammer to you guys on the show is that this is very doable. This is, yes. and let's not forget when Tony and I were doing this show going into last off season, there, it was, we thought we were in salary cap hell in those times. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people were like, how can they even field a team? And then they fielded the team that went 12 and four, you know, it's right. like, um, I, I don't think this team's nearly as dead in the water as some people want to make it out to be. Uh, when they, when they talk about it and granted, yeah, the salary cap situation's rough, but look at the saints. They got $70 million over the cap right now. That's a, that, that would be a serious problem. 
That's a yikes. That's a yikes for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, you even look at the Eagles they are $50 million over the cap and yep. they still have to trade away Carson Wentz, which I believe depending on how they structure it, it's not going to help their cap situation. It might even hurt it. So yeah, there are definitely teams that are worse. And like you said, you know, and, this, and like, you know, people have this saying, right. The salary cap is a myth, but this is why, right. This is why like segments like this. And we talk about the cap and the implications of all this is you go into the year and you go, Oh my goodness, the Steelers are $40 million over the cap. And then in a couple of moves that make basically no difference to the team whatsoever, right? A couple guys retire, you restructure a couple of things. One guy takes a pay cut and bang, you're right at the salary cap again. And you don't have to do much, you know, as far as the, the roster turnover, you had to cut no one. They're like, we, we have to this point, in this exercise cut, not a single stealer from the roster and gotten this team to basically even on the cap. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think, you know, the salary cap is a myth. Yes. So, I mean, in a lot of ways, salary cap is a myth. Now, you know, the, the next question though, we got it to even is, okay, well, how did this team does need to re-sign some players, right? You talk about Cam Sutton needs to come yes. back, right? We got, you, you know, you got Bud Dupree. Is he going to come back or, you know, Juju or, uh, you know, Filer and, and Banner. And then how many guys are going to come from outside the organization? I think the Steelers realistically, and they normally do this. They want to get to about 20, $25 million under the cap by the time free agency starts so that they can have the, the maneuverability to get whatever deals they need to get done, whether it's, whether it's re-signing their own players, getting players from outside the organization. And then you still have to leave money for that draft class. So there is still going to be work to do, but like you, like you said, Chris, I don't, this is going to be a bunch of cuts. I don't think this is going to be like Hayden's gone and Nelson's gone and they can't re-sign Watt. Like I think the Watt still gets, Watt deal still gets done. I think all this stuff still gets done. It's going to be have to be a lot of restructuring and then extensions on deals like the Castro and like Nelson to move money into future years. Now, a big part of this is, of course, future years. We're not just talking about 2021. We're talking about 2022, 2023, 2024, and presumably those, those years being without Ben Roethlisberger and being the time when the Steelers say, okay, let's make the move. Who's the next franchise quarterback? We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to get more from Tony on just what – what kind of expectations Steelers fans should have for those coming years. But first, we get a word from our sponsors at rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, locked on in their how did you hear about us section so that they can know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with my friend Tony Serino for Tony Tuesdays. Now, Tony, um, continuing this conversation, we we know that the Steelers, um, the Steelers, the Steelers have to have to make moves and all that, and we know that there's better days are coming. And I've said on I've said on this uh, on this show a lot yeah. that what the Steelers are really saving for right now is 
2022 could be the year to make moves as it stands according to overthecap.com they would have 171.5 million dollars in cap space that year um that would be the most that they've had i think in my time covering the steelers <laughs> ever yeah i mean i, 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 I it may be ever like i can't because yeah. because like I, I can't i can't say that i was a salary cap guy like i like I knew who the players were when I was in college, but like, I didn't care enough about the salary cap when, uh, when that was going on. I mean, like I understood that there was a salary cap and that you had to save money in this, that, and the third, but like, I didn't know. And I knew about restructuring, but I didn't know how it was done and yeah. how, you know, what money was saved um, and, and all that stuff. But now I'm much more aware of that, that, that those kind of things. Um, you know, I'm interested to see if it came down to 2022, being a year where they could make serious investments like there you could do a lot with 171 million right dollars. well but I, I do think i do i do think it should come with a certain caveat though right because yes you have yes. this 170 million dollars but you only have 17 players under contract right so right you know we're, we're talking about like a ton of players on the roster who are not under contract for that season right we're, we're talking about not only guys like ben who we know okay yeah he's gone right but like you know de is not under contract for that year yet neither is uh vince williams ebron what yeah, TJ, right. Terrell Edmonds, Minka, they're, you know, they're up as well. Um, you know, even guys like Chooks is, is, is up. Mason Rudolph is up by then. I mean, it's like the entire roster is up, is up by then. So they definitely have some moves to make. Now, is, is all of that going to equal the, the whole 170 number? No, absolutely not. Especially if they don't go out and get a big quarterback, right? Because they're going to save that, you know, that, that 20 to $30 million they were paying Ben Roethlisberger, right. that immediately is going to come off the cap. And now all of a sudden you're talking about going into a, I think you can look at this team in 2022 easily going into a season where they'll have, after signing all the players we just talked about, but without having a, a legit quarterback just yet, $50 million of available cap space easily going into that season. And if that's the case, well then, yeah, you can, you can make all the moves you want, but here's my question, Chris, is how much of what we're going to do of what the Steelers are going to do this year when we talk about restructuring Ben potentially as a pay cut, or is it going to be an extension on a year, like a void year, like they've been doing with Drew Brees out, out in New Orleans, right? How much of what Joe Hayden is going to be is an extension for an extra year. And then he may retire after this season, right? Same thing for DeCastro pushing money to future years. And then he may retire, right? We start pushing money into 2022. My question is like the Steelers clearly designed it this way, that in 2021, everything comes to an end. 2022 could be a new beginning where they have, a ton of cap space and the availability if they want to, to, to blow the whole thing up and start over again. How much do they want this year to be like the end of all that? Or do they want to continue to push some of that money into 2022? And now we talk about, yeah, maybe you don't go with 50, right? Maybe you're going with 35, maybe you're going with 30 because you had to push some of Ben's money over and some of, you know, some of uh, Hayden's money over and some of DeCastro's money over that kind of thing. I think part of it depends on who you want to be part of, this this next group that you're going to be working with right yeah because like de castro de castro would be a major part of this de castro was was uh uh you know he he he, he reminds me of alan fanica more than just because he's the right guard and uh he wears 66 uh but you know fanica he he's a play- future hall of famer now. <laughs> maybe um <laughs> but fanica played you know fanica played for the first year of the tomlin era and then they just didn't bring him back um and, and they were kind of like, we're okay with where we're at that, you know, we can let him go and figure things out elsewhere. You know, do if you try to, to bring, to bring people along into the next era without Ben Roethlisberger or, you know, who's, who's going to make up that, you know, like you said, they got to pay TJ Watt. They got to pay Minka Fitzpatrick. Maybe you pay Terrell Edmonds. 
Um, you keep those vets around. You know, D- is David DeCastro one of those vets that you keep around? And I think the key thing is guys that you want to take up the rest of that money are guys that you know could kind of hold the fort as as leaders on the team and guys that kind of hold the standard uh, for, for all the young guys that you are going to have to try and bring in and, and, and you know, make, make players out of. Uh, right. Which, again, can happen. I mean, Kevin Dotson looks good, and he's a fourth-round pick. Um, you know, if, if they do what I think they're going to do this year and pick two offensive linemen in the first four rounds, I mean, either one of those guys could be huge par- a huge part of this. Um, and, I mean, let, let, let's also remind ourselves – this last draft class hit in a lot of ways. I mean, Claypool, Highsmith, and Dotson were immediately useful to this yes. to this team in big ways. And that's without a first round pick. I mean, the other first round pick was Minka. So you, yeah. know, you look at it that way. What a draft class! Yeah, I mean, what, what a, maybe maybe Kevin Colbert's best. Although I guess what was it, twenty seventeen, the year with TJ and Juju was uh, right up yeah. in Connor as well. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty, I mean, that, that was a, I mean, but that's another huge year from their, from their draft class where they saw immediate production um, from, from their rookies. And they, they mostly have those. I know people always like to say, Oh, well this, this one year sucked or, you know, Jarvis Jones didn't work out, but for the most part, this team knows what they're doing. I mean, even right now, if you're looking at the 2019 draft, Devin Bush, he got hurt this year, but he looks like the guy you need. Deontay Johnson looks like he could be at least a number two wide receiver, number one wide receiver. He's sticking around. And then, you know, you're, you're hoping that you can get a little bit more out of Benny Snell as a backup. Maybe Justin Lane helps on special teams, but I mean, you got two solid hits there in 2019 um 2018 you know Deontay gets gets a bad rap I think like I mean well I know clearly he you know he was a roller coaster ride but I am I am if there's a player that I am so excited to watch in 2021 it is Deontay in Matt Canada's system yes those two are a just a match made in heaven I agree I think that I think I think they'd be huge together um and, and, and again, you go throughout the years, they've, they've found guys to plug. I mean, Javon Hargrave was a guy that was beloved here, and he was a third-round pick. Um, you know, I, it's just, I continue to look around, and I don't think it's that impossible for the Steelers to find answers that can fill in spots where it is. And again, the investment right now, uh, going back to your original question, the investment right now into who's going to start plugging up more of those roster spots because you only got 17 players mm-hmm. uh, signed in 2022 at the moment – um you want guys that are gonna they're gonna carry the room you know i think that's something that joe hayden does very well like one of my like that when he when he came back in 2018 and i went to training camp and you could just see how the entire secondary revolved around him i think yeah. it might actually might have been 2019 i forget which year this but i just remember walking onto the first practice and just every defensive back was just talking to him and he was running and he was the guy that everybody listened to and you need guys like that that set the tone for everyone else that have that 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 are like, hey, this is what coach wants. We got to do this, and we got to hold ourselves to this to this standard. Yeah. Um, I, I think they have that in Cam Hayward, which is why I think that he he's. I mean, he is part of that group of seventeen players, as is Stephon Tuitt. Yep. Um, when they re-sign T.J. Watt, because I I know they will, he'll be part of that. Um, I think Micah Fitzpatrick is absolutely part of that with the way that I've seen him be a leader at Alabama. Um. So, I mean, I, I think you start to find those guys there. And then maybe if you want David DeCastro to be a part of it, great. If you don't, again, that's where you're investing some of your picks in these next couple seasons just to see where it goes. See, the three guys, yeah, you hit on one of them there. The three guys for me, it's like, do you want, like, in 2022, whatever we want to call it, rebuild, retooling, whatever word you want to use, right? It's going to be different because they're going to lose Ben, right? And, and, you know, we saw this team without Ben Roethlisberger in, in 2018, 
you know, they struggled. I mean, they finished eight and eight, but I think we all look back at the season and go, how the how, they, how did they do that? How, how did in they the do world? <laughs> and not just Ben Roethlisberger, but remember in 2019, that was two years removed from when they had their team was dependent on Ben, Shazier, AB, right. and Bell, and right. none of them were there. Zero, just less zero than, less than, guys. Right. And it's just and now all of a sudden they're finding different ways to win. To to me, that's what's so impressive about this organization that they keep finding ways to say, hey, you're gonna be the people that we build off of. Yeah. So, so the question in 2022 for me, three guys, do you want these guys to be a part of that? You know, whatever it's what, again, whatever we're calling it, retooling, rebuilding, whatever, it's going to be different. Hayden DeCastro. And then I think Vince Williams is another one who you, know, you look at the ways that they could save money this year. They could definitely re-sign Vince Williams for another season, push some of that money again, right? You get him into 2022, but are those three guys that this team feels like they want to still have around in 2022, or is that only a way to create money for now, and then you're pushing that money into the future. When again, we talk about 2022, that could be, you know, the Steelers never make big splashes in free agency, but if they wanted to, they could next season. They could, they could. And, and here's the other thing is that what part of the ball are you emphasizing in 2022? With your defensive talent that you're, that you're building with, do you continue to build that defense? Like, like, are you saying, okay, if Ben's not here, we're taking a rookie or, uh, or we're taking a vet from somewhere else that's not prominent and just kind of hoping that they just kind of manage the offense with whatever running game that we established in 2020 or 2021. Um, And what you do is say, we can't lose Joe Hayden because if he goes, then we got to find an immediate replacement at corner. And we don't got that yet. Now, again, it's about, you know, when you emphasize, when you're building a roster, you have to emphasize certain positions. And when you do that, you admit that your weaknesses is in other positions. In the mid-2010s, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, what happened? Well, the defense stunk in twenty seven in the 2017 playoffs, and they weren't all that good. And this, Well, yeah, because Antoine Blake and Artie Burns and – you know, Ross Cockwell, they were, they were your, they were your top cornerbacks for most of those years. I mean, William Gay came back and became your best cornerback and people used to hate William Gay uh, when he, when he first arrived in Pittsburgh. And and not when he did that dance with Joy Porter in the end zone though, that was awesome. No, no, no. But see, that was after he came (laughs) back and like when he came came back, back, he was loved because he was the man. Um, But, but I mean, for you, they didn't invest in their secondary. They were like, yeah, we'll take a flyer here and there, but you know, they didn't, they didn't pay big money to anybody to come fix until they got Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson. And the only, and if your emphasis is defense and protecting the football and offense, then I just, that's a place where I think you got to keep a Joe Hayden. You got to keep a Steven Nelson, unless you feel that good about Cameron Sutton, or you draft a guy in the first round who you feel is like, okay, you're going to be the truth, sir. Yeah. And, and then we should mention, they also have Justin Lane. I know, you know, it sounds like we're giving up on Justin Lane and we probably, I mean, you know, it clearly wasn't it a great rough. year too. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, it wasn't a great year too for him, but I guess we can't give up hope entirely. I mean, he could, he could have a leap going into year three. Um, no, I, I think you're right. You know, as far as, you know, emphasizing cornerback. Yeah. You know, look, you, if, if the Steelers want 2022 to be a year where they are, where they are competitive, I don't think they can afford to be looking for a number one corner going into that offseason, even though they have the money, because they're also going to have to look for a top quarterback. Right. Um, if they, if they consider that though, like, Hey, you know, let's, let's, let's churn the roster a little bit. Let's get some of the young guys, let them play. Right. Maybe they do let, let, um, you know, someone like a Justin Lane start that year. Not, not, not as a give up year. Right. But just as a kind of, Hey, look, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to cut the cord between, you know, the, the, the Ben era and the post Ben era. And then I think you'd see them let guys like Hayden, maybe even DeCastro go and certainly, Vince Williams would go. I think it'd be a tough spot though. Cause like you said, you know, you let Joe Hayden go. I don't know that you want Steven Nelson to be your number one corner as good as he's been in Pittsburgh. I don't know that you want him to be your number one guy 
Actually, I did have one question before we end the show. Yeah. Uh, for the one for the road here, Steven Nelson, any chance the Steelers could kick him inside to a, to nickel, right. And then play Hayden and then, you know, someone else on the outside. I mean, they could, but I, I don't think that that, I, I think that would, because again, I think there's, I think they're going to find a way to keep Cameron Sutton. I think okay. that he sticks around and maybe you rotate those guys. I mean, Nelson could be, could be a slot corner, but he's good on the outside. So my he's thing good, is yeah. let, let him stay there. And then, and then again, the slot can also be an, an extra safety at times. It can be a box safety who helps in those situations. I mean, Terrell Edmonds lined up in the slot a few times to, to help cover. So mm-hmm. I, the, I keep Nelson and Hayden outside because they locked down those sidelines. And they were, when you look at the things that, at what they allowed in 2020, it was actually great when you look at the numbers that they actually allowed. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's that you, you want that moving forward. Now, granted, we got to see where they are after this next year. Are they still playing at that same level? And then do you project them to do that again in 2022? But if they are keep them around and, yeah. and, and then maybe that's the year you say, okay, let's, you know, if we're trading up to get a quarterback, maybe we sign another cornerback in free in, in free agency, or, you know, we, we see, we see what happens there. But, but again, if, if you can find a way to establish a run game in 2021, and then that be what allows you to, to say, we're going to take a flyer at quarterback and see what happens here. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can get a guy in the first round and trade up and get one or trade or trade to get a vet off another roster. And then your defense is just that good. Uh, and again, I do, they need to address depth at cornerback, depth at linebacker, edge rusher, really depth in every position. Yeah. Depth is the big issue, right? That depth is where the, the cap situation comes in. You know, it's, is where it is, where it does hurt because yeah, they're losing all these guys who, um, who would be depth pieces. Otherwise, the reason why I ask is because I, I have this idea of the Steelers at 24, you know, if it's truly a best player available, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that, that like one of the better corners, like a, like a Sertan falls to 24, or like a JC Horn, JC Horn is there. Right. And then you could take him. And if you couldn't read, like if, if they couldn't find the money to re-sign a Cam Sutton or a Mike Hilton, then you're, you know, the idea there would be, okay, well, Nelson goes inside and then you have to start Horn from day one. That would be interesting. I mean, and, and certainly that would put them in less pressure to, to sign either one of those guys, you know, into 2022 and further. Right. Um, because then you'd have a young guy that you'd be trusting to kind of be the leader of the future there. Maybe you keep one of them, but not both of them. Right. Um, that that would certainly be interesting, um, you know. But and, and I I like the idea of that. My only problem with that is I think that the, the the needs at offensive line and running back are just they take it now again. If 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 guys if the certain guys come off the board, cornerback is in a superstar cornerback falls to you. Like if, if Pat Sertan is my top quarterback, I know some people say Caleb Fairley. Um, if Sertan falls or Fairley falls. I'd be like, stop the presses. You know, I, you know, that, that'd be like if, if Micah Parsons for Penn state, the, the, the best inside linebacker in this class, if like one of those guys is ridiculous falls to you, absolutely run to the podium, get them because those are, yeah. those are guys that could be, you know, p- pillar players of their own on defense and you'll figure out a way to work the offense. Um, but if, if, but if you're, if you're not, again, that that's why I believe the best player available, because if those guys don't fall, then you keep evaluating and say, okay, which offensive tackles do you value? Uh, I don't put any centers in the first round. There's only two running backs I draft in the first round. Um, you know, that's where I would say, okay, let's, let's make a, let's make a big move here for the future to see like who we would, we would, we would, you know, get on a rookie contract so that we don't have to sign somebody in pre-agency to address this. Um, and that's the thing is whoever you plan to bring back for big money in 22, that those are the places that you're expecting to not need to draft or not want to draft in, in, in that year as well. 
Yeah, I know, I know a lot of Steelers fans look at this like they have to take this position in round one. They have to take this position in round two. I, like, like you said, it's best player available. I don't know if that's, that's necessarily the case. They can get away with not taking a tackle. I think Banner could be a one-year guy, and you can certainly yeah. – that is a good tackle class, so they can find a, a tackle in rounds two or three as well. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think, you know, as much as I would not love a running back in round one, like if they took Najee Harris in round one and then, you know, waited to take a tackle later, I, I could be okay with that knowing that this is, this is a deep – tackle class and you have you, you likely have banner coming back who i think you know could be a starter and c- certainly someone the steelers coaching staff trusts right away awesome tony thanks so much this has been a blast my man um as always you're great on this show and uh, you're great in whatever you do please let me know where they can find you follow you and get more of the work to see how great you are well, i'm on twitter at sealer country although it's, it's post super bowl time so i'm, I'm in my post super bowl depression two stage depression one football is over no more Steelers, but two I mean, Brady won another ring. Like, why do I watch this sport? It's so, okay, buddy. Yeah, I know. I know. But uh, so, yeah, so I'm not tweeting much lately, but you can follow me there at Steeler Country. If I do tweet, <laughs> you'll see it there. Uh, you can find me on YouTube now. Uh, Steeler Country with Tony Strino is my new show. Uh, it's a weekly podcast. Chris was on last week, so you can check that out on Ooh. YouTube. Um, Steeler Country with Tony Strino. And you can also find me on a roundtable show on YouTube called AFC North Talk. We are currently taking the month of February off, but we'll be back in March. So look for that again. It's called AFC North Talk. Thanks so much, Tony. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. And it's also my Instagram handle. Um, you can read my work at DKPittsburghSports.com. Subscribe there. We cover Pitt, Penn State, Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, all the Pittsburgh things right on our website. We also have our own podcast network there as well uh, with DK Sports Radio. Um, and yeah, check me out every day here on Locked On Steelers Podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Radio.com, everywhere nowadays. And uh, also, please do leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. When you do so, it really helps out the show. Thanks so much uh, for those who have done that. We appreciate you giving us some love. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow. We've got Dean Pietro from Channel 11 WPXI talking with, with him about more Steelers content. Until then, stay in there, Steelers fans. <laughs>